Good morning, and yes, we are all worthy, and we are here to celebrate God together at Community Baptist Church. As always, we welcome our visitors. You're very important to us. Very special day for Jill's family today. Um, These are our attendance sheets. We ask everybody to fill out the attendance sheet so we can have a record of your visit here with us today. And I know that you can look on the back of your bulletin, but we always like to go over all the different things that are happening here at um, Community Baptist Church. Um, If you can, join us for dinner Wednesday night. Uh, We have uh, dinner at 545. We have a business meeting this week at 630. Upward, Miss Mary, you want to say anything about Upward? Come on, Miss Mary. Mary one. She's Mary one. I'm Mary two. I'm Mary two. Um, Sybil Keach and I are co-directing the Upward Basketball and Cheerleading um, uh, Wingding um, this year. We're having a Wingding. We're having a Wingding. Um, Sybil and I are co-chairing that this year, um, and we need some help, big time. Uh, so if you would be willing to help in any capacity with Upward Basketball and Cheerleading, um, league this year. We're having a meeting this afternoon at 2 um, here. Uh, if you can come to that meeting, please let me encourage you to do that. If you would like to volunteer and cannot come to that meeting this afternoon, um, please see me uh, after church and believe me, we will get you all set up. So thanks. Let's see, what else this week? Thank you guys for a wonderful breakfast this morning. The guys always put on a big shindig for, uh, I'm going to use your word, Mary, big shindig for breakfast here. Um, We're having church in here on Sunday. On Tuesday, we'll have Senior Commodity Day, Senior Service Day, and about 300 senior citizens will get a box of food out of this building on Tuesday. On Wednesday, we have the business meeting. On Tuesday, we have the finance team meeting. And next Sunday, we'll have a missions meeting. I also want to tell the youth, this just came about this week. On next Sunday night, from 6 to 8 p.m., and I'll have the van here at 5.30 to ready, ready to pick the youth up, grade 6 and up. Gracie, that's you now. You're going to be a 6th grader. Uh, we're going to the brain injury camp for a bonfire, hot dogs, marshmallows, all that good stuff. That is next Sunday night, um, and then you'll be swimming at the Carroll's house on July 26th. So two weeks in a row, something going on there. Uh, Holiday World's coming up August 22nd. I'll uh, ask Miss Dottie to put a sign-up sheet for Holiday World on the table this week, and I'll get ticket prices on that. So we're going to do our song of gathering. Keep Jika in your prayers this morning. Also keep Fred in your prayers this morning while we do the song of gathering. All hail the power of Jesus' name.
please join me in our responsive reading for today, titled Baptism. We gather in witness to witness the story of God's salvation acted out in the waters of baptism. In holy worship, remember your baptism and give thanks. As we watch the picture of the living way of old things and rising to newness of life, we hear Jesus call us to the risky business of following him. Through our baptism, we are marked as a people who believe in the radical act of redemption through Jesus. We are immersed in the newness of life and embraced to walk on mission with Christ in the world. We do not know what new thing will be born in us, but we ask God's grace to respond in Christ-like love. Let us listen once again for the voice from heaven, naming us the beloved child of God, connecting us to all with the powerful waters of baptism, soaking them in grace. God, drench us in the living waters of your love. Immerse us depths of your spirit. Raise us once again to walk in the new life with you. Amen. This is Jill Taylor. And Jill Taylor has professed her faith in Jesus Christ and has come to be uh, to be baptized today to unite with the, the family of God. You may notice that uh, the sermon topic for today is chosen and choosing. God has chosen us. God has made us a part of God's family. This, Jill, is God's daughter. God chose her and adopted her into her family, into his family. And we are grateful for that. The second part is choosing. Jill has chosen to accept Christ as her Savior. Jill has chosen to be a part of the family of God. Jill has chosen the salvation that God has available for her. And this is a great thing. This is a wonderful thing. And now she is embarking on a new segment of her life, a life as a part of the family of God, a life as a part of God's family and, and filled with the love and the spirit of God. Let us celebrate that with Jill today. Jill, my sister, it is my privilege upon the profession of faith in Jesus Christ to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As was said to the Ethiopian eunuch who came to the lake and wanted to be baptized, he said, here there is much water. What does hinder you from being baptized?
Good morning. I'd like to say something, and he's not here to stop me. So. <laughs> I think I will. I met, most of you probably know that I get to know Tim in two spheres of his many influences, but not only as your pastor, but as an alumnus of the college where I taught for 33 years for, at Berry College. And I thought you would want to know how well he represented this sphere in the other back in May. He was invited to be the speaker at our Mountain Day Alumni Week celebration. And um, uh, each year it is a, an honor for um, someone in his line of work to be asked to do that. And I was glad to attend, as did many others. And he um, would have made you proud. I wanted you to know that. He had, it was in our Georgian chapel, and he had to climb up in that pulpit that, you know, you speak from way up there. And so it was quite a production. <laughs> but um, he was just really fine. He spoke to our minds and our hearts. And I was glad to know him here and there. If he were out here, I would say, let's applaud him. But should we? Should we? Let's just give him a little <clears throat> I have to say one more thing. When I started getting ready to read this scripture, I started reading it aloud, and I thought, I think I'm... I think I'm going to sing. <laughs> it, it felt like a cadence and a rhythm, kind of, and I thought, gee. So I read in a commentator, always a good idea, I guess, that this passage of Scripture really is a doxology, which kind of explains maybe why that has that poetic kind of feeling about it. The other thing I thought was really amazing is that in the original Greek this is all one sentence. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to try to do that. Blessed be the God and Father of Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things, according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, 
the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. sitting up there. Come on, little girls, come on. I loved, loved, loved listening to Miss Kay do the scripture reading, and that's what we're talking about today. We've kind of already had a start on this scripture today, but I'm going to go back and talk about verse 5. And now, we use a different Bible upstairs, but let's read it again. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Did you guys know you were adopted this morning? You know what? We all have our own families, right? Georgia and Neva, you have mom and dad, and sometimes they work. So who brings you to church? Dottie. Okay, so that's another family. But then when you walk into these doors, oh my gosh, look at our family here. We are adopted into this family too. And we're adopted by God. And we want to be Christ-like for God as we're adopted in his family. Does that make sense? We are his family. When you are at home and you're with your family and somebody has a birthday, what do you do at your birthday? You do. You celebrate with your own family because they are very special to you. But when we are all here together as this one big family, we also need to celebrate this family and we need to do things for them. Let me give you an example of that. When John and I and the kids moved into our new house, and it's hard to move, isn't it? Have you ever moved? It's hard to move. And sometimes even the best of families get grouchy with each other and... Uh, they're just, you know, it should be a fun occasion, but sometimes the, the tempers just kind of flare. And then something always happens to bring you back in and help you celebrate. And, you know, John and Christine, you know who John and Christine are up here? Well, John and Christine are part of our church family here. And here comes Christine calling. She goes, I'm bringing you dinner. Well, that changed our whole day. She brought us roast and potatoes and carrots, and John brought them over, and it was just wonderful. And that's what we're going to talk about upstairs. We're going to talk about we do thoughtful things within our own families at home, but we also need to learn how to do thoughtful things with our families here because that's what God wants us to do. Listen to this. Doing thoughtful things for people is a good way to let them know that you care about them. That's also a good way to let God know that you are growing up to be Christ-like and you want to be his follower. He has adopted us in his family, and he wants you to follow him. Do you guys remember when you did these? This is yours. This is Neva's. Neva, you are a child of God. I'm going to give you the ones you guys made. Kelsey is back there by the bulletin board. 
I don't ever, ever, ever want you guys to be embarrassed to say, I am a child of God and I'm proud of it. God is who I answer to in my life. Okay? So, Neva, as soon as we finish up here, you're going to take this back to Kelsey on the bulletin board and you're going to put this up there so we all can see that you, Neva, are a child of God. Let's see who else we have here. Uh, Molly's not here today. Uh, Morgan's not here today. I hope you all have made these. That's not anybody's here, is it? Nobody put their name on that one. Hmm? That's yours? Red and blue. Georgia, you are a child of God, and don't you ever be embarrassed to say, I am a child of God. Zoe's not here today. Gracie, beautiful. I am a child of God. Gracie, you didn't make one, did you? Okay. All right. Let's say a word of prayer. Dear gracious God, we come to you this morning. Father, thank you for being, thank you for adopting all of us. We want to be Christ-like, Father. We want to be in your family. We do appreciate you bringing us here to our church so we can be part of the CBC family. This is a special place, God, and we appreciate you giving us this place to be part of your family. As two of our family members are not feeling well this morning, Father, we ask you to put your special hands on Jika and put your special hand on Fred as whatever he's going through this morning. Father, always... Always, always tell these children not to be embarrassed to be a child of God. Just guide them through this life and help them make this life's journey a little bit easier. We ask this, God, in your name. Amen. All right, walk on back, and Kelsey will put them on the board for you.
Good morning. It's been an exceptional week for me. I've received so many special blessings. I hope you've had that kind of week too. Please join me as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning not asking for a thing, but rather thanking you for all things. Most especially, Lord, I thank you for my salvation, my children, my family, my co-workers and friends, and this sweet congregation of people, Lord. Amongst us in this congregation are many, many things to be thankful for. We have all kinds of spiritual gifts and talents and abilities and possessions. Lead us to use those in this community to serve you by serving others, Lord. Help us to find those folks who are lost, who do not have the comfort of knowing you as we do, Lord. I thank you most especially now for these tithes and offerings. I ask that you lead us in a way to use them to honor and glory you. It is in these precious name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Amen. There's a um, piece of humor that has been circulating on the Internet a while about a young polar bear cub that approached his mother and asked, Mom, am I a polar bear? And she said with a smile, well, of course you are. You're a polar bear. Okay, said the cub, and he padded off into the iceberg or something. And then later on that day, he found his dad 
And he asked, Dad, am I a polar bear? And his dad said, sure you are, son. Wondering why in the world his son was asking such a silly question as this. And then the next day, the cub asked the question again and again and again. And asking, are you and mom polar bears? He would ask his parents and and they would say, sure we are. Then does that make me a polar bear too? 100% polar bear? Sure it does, they would say. Are you sure that I'm a polar bear, he would ask. And then finally his parents said, son, you're driving us crazy with this question. You are a polar bear. Why do you keep asking us if you're a polar bear or not? And the cub looked up at his parents and said, because I'm freezing. (laughs) Well, Paul Lee tells that story, and, and then he adds these important words. He says, sometimes I go to my heavenly father and I say, am I really your child? Are you really my father? Because sometimes I doubt. And at other times I don't act very much like you. And and, and I'm just not sure if I'm the kind of person that you would want to call your child. And, And sometimes things don't go very well for me and I have pain and I have anger. And is that okay for one of your children? And then he says, though I can't see it. I can feel it, the warm hug, the reassuring smile, the affirmation that, yes, I am a child of God. I don't have to be perfect. I'm not expected to never feel pain or worry or care, but I'm expected to know whose I am and that I belong. And that for whatever extravagant, outrageous reason, I have been loved and I have been adopted by the one true God. Our lesson from Ephesians begins like this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ in accordance with His will and pleasure. My friends, I want to put your mind at ease this morning. You are a genuine 100% polar bear. You are a genuine son or daughter of God. God has adopted you into God's family. And we are children of God. Our lesson uh, tells us today that we are chosen before the creation of the world. What an awe-inspiring thought that is. We were chosen before the creation of the world to be God's children. According to a piece of of children's humor, that's the way we got our our belly buttons. As we were coming down the conveyor belt from heaven, God was using His index finger saying, I'll take that one and that one and that one and that one. So, do you have a belly button? Then you're chosen. (laughs) But you may say, well, but pastor, everybody has a belly button. Well, maybe everybody's chosen. 
or, or maybe we just have the good fortune of knowing it. But you may say, but don't some Christians believe in predestination and the idea that some people are chosen while other people are not? Well, yeah, they do, and, and I'm not going to be drawn into that discussion this morning, but I will, I will tell you one of my favorite stories on the theme. Years ago, two ministers agreed on a, a pulpit swap on a particular Sunday morning as a sign of ecumenical goodwill, and uh, each would preach at the other's church. And the, the date was back in 1850 in Boston, Massachusetts. One of the men, ministers was Lyman Beecher, the best of Boston's great preachers. And the other minister was a neighboring Presbyterian who strongly believed in predestination, which was an idea that Beecher just could not accept. And so that Sunday morning, each man set out for the other person's church a block or two away, and, and they met on the sidewalk halfway between the two churches. They stopped to exchange some greetings, and the Presbyterian minister said, Dr. Beecher, I wish to call to your attention that the fact that, that before God created the world, he arranged that I was to preach in your pulpit this morning and you in mine. And Lyman Beecher glared at his Calvinist friend and said, is that so? And then he said, then I won't do it. <laughs> and he turned and went to his own church and preached that morning. We'll leave the question as to whether everyone is chosen to God. But the important thing for us to know today is this. You are chosen. We are chosen. Not because we're any better than anybody else. We're not. None of us acts like God's children all the time. That's the meaning of grace. But somehow in the providence of God, before the creation of the world, we were chosen. But what were we chosen for? Well, Paul tells, tells us that we were chosen before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in God's sight. Did you hear that? We were chosen before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in God's sight. Ouch! That's the catch, isn't it? Chosen before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in God's sight. Yikes! Don't ask for much, do you? Now, the last thing I want to do today is to make you feel guilty. And, and too much talk about being holy and blameless has a tendency to do that. But, but think about this for a minute. Why do you think God created us? From the teachings of Jesus, I believe that God has created us to be happy and healthy and whole human beings. God has created us for, for healthy relationships with other people and, and with the Lord. And God has created us to be happy and healthy and, and all that we can be. I mean, isn't that what you would hope for your own children? So how's that working out for you? Are you happy? Are you healthy? Are you all that you can be? Maybe from time to time you come up a little short. I know I do. But listen to this. That's okay. Because even polar bears get cold from time to time. And that's what God wants from us. Ken Lidner wrote a book titled um, Crunch Time in which he tells about his father who had a, 
a, a tremendous influence on him. He says that, that ever since he can remember, his dad cherished his, his physical health. And for that reason, with, with great discipline, his father exercised every single day, whether it was, was walking or swimming or ice skating or whatever, through the years, Ken watched his dad exercise every day. He would walk in the rain or the snow just to keep himself fit. His dad didn't smoke and he was careful to get enough sleep. And by valuing his health, his dad was able to continue working in the latter days, three days a week until he was 97 years old. 97 years old. He continued to be sharp and fit and with a great zest for life. And while I'm sure that genetics had a lot to do with his good health and his longevity, his high value of, of, for his physical well-being, I think probably was also a major factor in his health and in his zest for living. That is Ken's heritage. Ken inherited his dad's value system, and thus he is protective of his own physical health. He exercises every day. He's one of those guys that you don't want to be next to in the gym. You know, he's pumping iron that you can't even imagine. But let me ask you this. You think he's wrong to cherish his physical health like that? Don't you think that he's living like God wants us to live? God wants us to be happy. God wants us to be healthy. And ultimately, the road to happiness is paved with not good intentions, good habits. Now, let me hasten to add that Ken is just as committed to his spiritual life and, and to his family and to his relationships with his friends as he is to his physical health. So in other words, he's doing the things that inevitably lead to a good life. And that's all that God really demands from us. And listen to this, folks. Life is a matter of making good choices. How many times have you said it to your own children? Make good choices. Make good choices. And we all know it's true. Now contrast Ken's story with that of a man who is a legend in country music, George Jones. George Jones was a, a country music icon from the old school, and a, and a lot of his songs were the stereotypical country cheating and drinking songs. And, and the fact that George J Jones also had a, a drinking problem himself, it was no secret. But on March the 6th, 1999, country music fans were horrified to hear that George Jones had, was critically injured when he crashed his Lexus into a bridge in Nashville. And the investigation showed that George had been drunk when that happened. Thankfully, he recovered, and he kept performing until his death just a couple of years ago. But two months after his accident, a new album came out um, titled Cold Hard Truth, and on it there was a hit song called Choices. And ironically, the hook line of this song said, I'm living and I'm dying with the choices I made. I'm living and I'm dying with the choices I made. Well, my friends, we all do that, don't we? So you see, a good life is a matter of making good choices. And that's true of 
all of life. And I believe that the power to choose is one of the most precious gifts that God has ever given to us. Michael Helene tells about an elderly woman whom he calls Mrs. S. And he says that Mrs. S. lived alone for many years and and she got out only with the help of a wheelchair. But every Sunday she wheeled herself into the, the side aisle of the sanctuary of their church which where she worshipped enthusiastically. She always seemed to be up. She always seemed to be in a good mood and happy. And people smiled when they were around her. She was that kind of person that brought out that kind of uh, response in people. And one evening, Mrs. S. spoke to the youth of their church. And, and she was asked how she could always be so alive and so full of joy. And her response was, because I choose to. I choose to. She said, I had no choice about living the last half of my life as a widow. And I had no choice about having one of my sons killed in the Korean War. And I certainly didn't choose to have to ride around in this wheelchair for the past ten years. But one thing I did choose, I chose to be happy. And I decided to make the best of every day of my life and to see the best in every person that I meet. Folks, isn't that how God wants us all to live? Now, I realize that not all of us can be as disciplined as Ken Lidner or as determined to choose a positive attitude as Mrs. S. That's what grace is all about. And when Paul told us that God chose us before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, God knew that we could never be totally holy, holy and blameless. God knew that. But through God's love, that's how God sees us. And that's how God hopes we will be. Not for God's benefit, but for ours. You see, God only wants the best for us, just like every other loving parent wants the best for their children. A life of health and wholeness. A path that leads to the very best life possible. I think he called it abundant life. And that life comes to us through the choices that we make. But what we need most to see today is that there is one choice we need to make that makes all the other choices so much easier. And that is to choose Christ. Choose Christ. Some of you are familiar with the name Soren Kierkegaard. Kierkegaard was a, a 19th century philosopher and theologian and poet and writer. He was known as the greatest Christian thinker of his generation. And he believed that no person is truly alive who simply acts as a spectator towards the ultimate issues of life. He believed that the only person who knows real existence is the person who infinitely and forever gives himself or herself to the call of Christ. Kierkegaard's philosophy is sometimes called Christian existentialism, and it emphasizes immediate commitment. Rene Descartes said, I think, therefore I am. But the Christian existentialist would say, I choose, therefore I am. 
And Kierkegaard contended that there are only two kinds of people in life. There are the drivers and the drifters. And he said that he felt compelled sometimes to run after every person in the, in the street and to ask that person the question, are you alert or inert? Are you a master or a slave? Are you a creator or a creature? A lifter or a leaner? You see, the essence of our humanity is in the choices that we make. And the primary choice that we confront in our lives is whether to make Jesus Christ the Lord of our life. He is the life. He is the life. He is the way and the truth. And when you make that choice to make Christ the Lord of your life, then all of the other important choices in your life will get much easier. We began this morning by asking you if, if you are a polar bear or not. And of course you are. You have been chosen before creation to be God's child, a part of God's family. But psychologists John Grinder and, and Richard Bandler tell an interesting story about Polar bears, another interesting story about polar bears. You see, years ago at the Denver Zoo, they were going through a major renovation, and they decided to build a large naturalistic environment for their polar bear exhibit. But unfortunately, the polar bear arrived at the zoo before the naturalistic enclosure was ready for it. And so that meant that they had to put the polar bear in a cage until the new environment was ready for it. But that cage that the polar bear was in, it was, it was just big enough for the polar bear to take three good swinging steps in one direction and whirl up and around and go three steps back in the other direction, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. The polar bear spent months in that cage with those bears with, the, with that, the bars that restricted the, that behavior in that way. But eventually the large naturalistic environment into which they could release the polar bear was finished. It was built around the cage on the site. And when it was finally complete, completed, the bear was sedated and the cage was removed from around the bear. And do you know what happened when the bear woke up? You know what happened? He took three steps in one direction before whirling around and taking three steps in the other direction. And then again, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Three steps at a time. That polar bear was no longer caged. But it wasn't free either, was it? So, could that in any way describe your life today? It doesn't have to be that way. Because, folks, you have been chosen to be a child of God. And God has provided an open door by which you can escape your cage of hopelessness and despair. That door is Jesus Christ. And you can choose today to let Jesus set you free. So what's your choice? What choice will you make today? 
You have been chosen since before the beginning of time to be holy and blameless in the sight of God. You are a child of God. And as a child of God, God wants only the very best for you. But that depends on the choices that you make. And the biggest choice that you can make is to follow Jesus. Will you do that? I hope you will. Amen. Let us sing today our closing hymn number 317. We'll be singing verses 1 and 4. Only trust in only trust him. You know, that's what God has called us to do is to choose Christ, to trust Christ. God has given us his son and in and through his son he has given us salvation, forgiveness for, for sins, and he has showed us the way to live the abundant life. There may be someone here today who'd like to make a commitment to Christ, like Jill did. Like Jill has professed her faith in Christ, and she was baptized into the family of Christ. She is baptized into the family of God and into our fellowship. There may be someone here today who wants to make that commitment this morning. We invite you to do that. We invite you to come down here. I'll be standing here and, and just say, I want to accept Christ today. I want to make that choice. Or maybe you want to be a part of our church and, and uh, you'd like to unite with our church and be a, become a member of Community Baptist Church. We invite you to come and, and just tell me that. Would you do that as we sing together number 317? Only trust Him. Would you come? Go forth as children of the light and shine forth in the darkness. Let the gospel become flesh in you. And may the love, the peace, and the joy of Christ radiate from your life. Amen. Amen.